0: sports betting podcast episode 45 i'm your host kyle blondin we had one week layoff due to vacation we're back now ready to go and if you haven't joined us before welcome this is a sports betting podcast along with sports in general podcast where i give my thoughts my feelings my outrage my anger and my frustration when it comes to sports sports stories sports gambling anything sports i may talk about it so here we go for another episode this is the Overrated Experience Sports Betting podcast can be followed on Twitter at Overrated E X P E R 2 on, on Twitter. That's, that's the whole point of Twitter. Also on Facebook, uh, you could also join us at uh, Overrated Experience Sports Betting. And you'll also now can join us on Instagram under the same name, Overrated Sports Betting. Uh, uh, podcast you can find us and threads which is attached to instagram so a lot of things going on there join us follow us give your comments give your likes dislikes feedback to the podcast and we'll do our best to maybe listen to it or maybe take the suggestion and put it in the old filing cabinet marked blue and goes out every two weeks at the corner recycling but uh, if it's good enough maybe it won't reach that so please give me your feedback Anyway, here we go. Episode 45. We're talking baseball. We're talking uh, many sports. MLS is still going live. The Women's World Cup just kicked off from Australia. I just finished watching and losing two bets on Canada's uh, game against Nigeria. I thought, based on the historical, that we would look at Nigeria and Canada, who finished 2-2 in their last meeting in 2022. Of course, ends in a nil-nil draw when I take them. So, you know what? I was up profit today. I decided to, you know, to take a couple hundred dollars, put it in, had some baseball going, and then decided, you know what? Before I do the podcast, let me put some money on this Canada game. It starts at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Take the over. uh, 0-0 at halftime, which pretty much told me that that was going to lose. So, during halftime, what do you do? What do we do? We chase, right? And what I did was I take uh, over 11 and a half corners, since there were seven in the first half, and one single goal to be scored. So, 10 minutes into the game, into the second half, Canada is awarded an opportunity as a free a penalty kick. Christine St. Clair, the all time leading scorer in women's international soccer, I think total, I don't know if it's just international or not, forgive me, has an opportunity to put Canada ahead 1 0. She goes to the line. You would think she scored many goals, that she wouldn't look the way she did on this penalty kick. Very obviously, she was going right. The Nigerian goalkeeper makes a nice save. And Canada winds up in a nil-nil draw. So there you go. I lost, and now down, and now even more in desperation. Throw a bet on a game that starts at 1 a.m. from Switzerland to the Philippines, also in the Women's World Cup, taking over eight and a half corners, and that the game would have two goals. Despite the trend so far in the first three games that none of these games have gone over one goal, there have been no goals in the first half, and obviously I just mentioned the last game had no goals whatsoever. However... The trend I've seen is that there's been a lot of corners. Each game, if at least uh, the first three games, has had a minimum of at least 10 corners. So I'm banking on that there'll be more ten, ten uh, uh, additional corners in this game and that Switzerland will score two goals. I don't care if the Philippines score, but i got to believe at a minus 600 that the Philippines are not the favorite. And Switzerland is probably the side that will put the ball in the net. So we'll see how the World Cup plays out. It's hard to it's hard to uh, really understand as the stats are limited when you look at the history of these teams and their matchups against each other, things like corners and uh, yeah, cards and things like that. So interesting stuff, and should be exciting and something you know what to bet on. So that's the story in the Women's World Cup and uh, some other stories out there that we're going to touch on here on the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast include on Friday night. Guess who's coming to town? Not my town, but a town in North America. Lionel Messi is going to make his debut for Inter Milan of the MLS. Now, he's going to make his debut in the first ever uh, games involving the League Cup, that's a a combined club cup that involves MLS teams and Mexico teams from uh, the Mexican League. So you'll have teams from Canada, the United States, and Mexico competing in various groups of three. And Lionel Messi makes his debut tomorrow night in Miami as he takes on the Cruz Azul. And uh, big hype. If you guys watch the press conference, you watch the show. Uh, just huge uh, situation for MLS, and we'll see how that turns out. It sounds like Lionel Messi will be a substitute as uh, the game goes on on Friday night, and we'll see how he uh, joins MLS and how he performs. Obviously, is or was the best player in the world, coming off the World Cup. And probably in the twilight of his career. No question about that. And looking long-term, probably investment. I think he's probably going to get a piece of the MLS club Inter Milan. Busquets also joins the uh, Inter Milan team, or Inter Miami team. Uh, If I said Milan, I apologize. I meant Inter Miami. He is former, obviously, teammate of uh, Lionel Messi in Barcelona. Very many trophies. They've won together. So you got to feel that uh, some of the old boys club from Barcelona will probably be joining Inter Miami Indros. So exciting there! But for my first bet prognication of the evening, I will say Inter Milan. Man, I'm gonna. I probably said this 18 times. Inter Milan. Inter Miami. David Beckham's owning owned Inter Miami. I th- is probably one of the worst teams in MLS right now. I know they're gonna get reinforcements with Messi and Busquets but when you look at the bet for tomorrow night I think there is value uh, that Cruz Azul will come up with a result whether it be a draw or a win so I'm going to suggest that for plus 130 uh, take draw no bet and take Cruz Azul as Inter Miami I think their main focus is just to get Messi on the pitch not necessarily to get the victory here I'm sure they want the victory but it's it's all the messy show and I think that'll be overshadowed by Cruz Azul now plus I'm plus 128 change in front of my eyes on FanDuel I'm kind of disappointed in FanDuel by the way in the League Cup there's not much here as far as options on teams advancing at least that I can find or other prop bets that you would find on other tournaments Uh, such as the Women's Tournament or the recent Men's World Cup. Bet365, I noticed you can decide which team will win each of the groups. Uh, So I'm kind of disappointed FanDuel not opening their creative uh, juices here and adding those options for folks like me to go ahead and bet. So shame on you, FanDuel. Shame on you. All right, other news. NFL, big stories going on in relation to the position of the running back. Shaquan Barkley of the New York Giants, Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders, both missed deadlines to sign extensions. Both players do not want to sign their franchise tenders. So it looks like we're going to have two holdouts, significant players, but the, the main topic here is that the running back position itself is devalued and continues to be devalued. And the amount of money being offered Although, you know, a lot to you and me, not a lot when it comes to the position of the running back compared to what it used to be, the ability for teams to hold on to players into their rookie contracts for up to five years, especially these first rounders like Barkley and uh, Jacobs, and then be able to franchise tag to, uh, one and two years. So basically a running back after seven years will potentially have the opportunity to hit unrestricted free agency, what do you think the odds are that NFL teams are really going to unload the bank on a running back that's seven years into the NFL? What do you think the kind of... That's like a vehicle that's out of warranty. You're basically buying a used vehicle at that point. It's the one position in the NFL where... Well, most positions are short-term, but especially the running back and the miles they put on, whether it be college, then the NFL, not one of these guys is playing game over game. There's injuries involved, and that adds up over time. So just a weird scenario, but it's supply and demand. I mean, like other sports, you look at uh, the NHL, goalies. That market's gone down because there's a thought that there is a high number of goalies and people can you know, cut their starter and you know find somebody on the free agent market. And that's what the running back is right now. But we're talking about Barkley and Jacobs, impact players. Guys, They each of those teams fill the ball. Or, uh, uh fill the rock to these guys, and they're running the ball. So that's that's a tough one, especially for the Giants. I mean, they made that playoff run, and a big part of it was Barkley. I like. I, I know everybody out there is thinking Daniel Jones look pretty good, and if you do, yeah, watch that game uh, against the uh, against the Eagles. See what happens. See uh, you know. See what the real who Daniel Jones is. Watch. You know, when Barkley is not in the lineup, you see how Daniel Jones is. And you wonder if that $50 million that you signed your franchise quarterback, yeah, you see how valuable uh, your running back will be. So, Giants, good luck to you. uh, Josh Jacobs, well, you know, the Raiders are going to suck this year. If you've uh, been listening to anybody, the Raiders outside of Jacobs and Devontae Adams are horrid and might... Maybe good to be a six-win team at best, but may look at that quarterback class next year in the draft and say, hey, Wyatt, what will six wins do for me? And maybe let's decide to make, maybe take the season off. So we'll see what happens there. But the running back position, really in danger of devalued and uh, some good running backs may be on the sidelines waiting for some money. Excellent. All right, so we move on. Some interesting news from the advancement of sports betting and options that we are provided. So back in the day, you've been doing this long enough, there weren't as many options. I I can still remember a time where I had to call in a bet to Bet365. At that time, I believe it was under Bowman's, if anybody remembers that. Picking up a line, calling some obscure number, walking through my bet and trying to do that, especially on a Sunday as, you got to wait on a hold, you know, to put a bet through. You know, we've come a long way for the several betting options, legalized betting, whether it be the U.S. or Canada and states and provinces. Now, what comes next is micro betting. Micro betting is expanding, and basically, it's it's allowing more and more very detailed bets that you, the consumer can have the option of placing money down on. So Darren Ravel's tweet uh, talks about SimpleBet, which is a, a, to my understanding at least, is an organization that uh, sells these options to the various sports betting providers. So they have recently, uh, is going to start offering same inning parlays. And so an example that Darren Ravel provides is... Aaron Judge to hit a home run, the Yankees to score two runs or more uh, or more runs, and the opposing pitcher to throw over 20 pitches in the same inning. So there's same game parlay now, and there's ability to, you know, whether it be over five innings or over a game, but it's gonna you're gonna start to see more and more options available to you, the sports better, that really get tight into real live betting that are very particular so suit up prepare for that I don't know how you crunch those numbers and I don't know how you figure out what is a good or good not bet there so but these those options are going to be potentially overwhelming but to the you know prop geek the the one who likes those bets and they're they're out there they will love this and including micro-betting, the same organization is also teamed up with Live, the Live Golf Tour. And this is uh, reporting from Jeff Zocadine. I don't know if i from The Covers uh, website, thecovers.com. So he reports that more Live-related headlines. Per a press release, Live Golf has formed a strategic partnership with micro-betting company, Simple Bet, which we'll see the latter. Uh, distribute the league's real-time data to sportsbooks low latency video streams included as well looks like and just it it's wild stuff that live golf which is now partners and basically owns the pga tour the one the folks that already run live golf will provide you extreme options you know such as you know will you know brooks Kepka hit the fairway uh, th- things like that, very th- things you might be betting with your buddies as you're riding around in your golf cart, having a few beers, and putting a few dollars down on your golf games. So that again, that's reported from Jeff Zokadine at Jeff Zokadine G E O F F Z A O C H O D N E, and uh, you can follow him. He's got some nice tidbits on stuff like that in the betting world, especially in Canada, uh, all over, but uh, Canada specifically for my interest. So, interesting stuff there. What else have we got going on in the world of sports and sports betting? Well, funny thing is, uh, earlier this week I put on, I responded to a tweet uh, regarding Fenway Park. Major League Baseball's shrine, Fenway Park, Green Monster and all. And the question I posed was that the technology exists today to build a replica ballpark that you could have all the features of the old that people loved, whether it be the green, obviously the green monster, the outfield, things like that, maybe the pesky pole and right field. But you could also create the modern day luxuries that they fan in newer ballparks today, like in San Francisco. Obviously, Canyon Yards is, a, is not a historical ballpark, but one of the most... Uh, eye-catching ballparks out there that, that looks old, but San Francisco, Peco Park in San Diego, all these parks that bring the fan experience to a modern-day look, you can do that. You can do that in Boston and still maintain the look and the feel of what, you know, yesteryear looked like. And the Green Monster doesn't have to go. But it's just uh, funny to look on Twitter, the responses that... People, you know, calling Fenway a dump, historical site, and or you can never replace it. People commenting on some seats suck. Uh, so a lot of different opinions. A lot of people hanging on. But I thought it was just interesting that you know Boston has some historic teams. You know, the Bruins had the Boston Garden. They replaced it. I'm sure. I don't think anybody's cramming to go back to the Boston Garden for uh, Celtic and Bruin games. Really, you know, Celtics got a big history too, and the Boston Garden's a part of that. But it, I think fans in Boston would like to leave that in the past. Also, the Patriots at uh, Gillette Field uh, right now, Gillette Stadium. Uh, I, I don't think they want to go back uh, a step to the previous uh, facility that they were in. So interesting, the Fenway Park, yeah, obviously, park where Babe Ruth started his. Uh, MLB career, Ted Williams and Red Sox breaking the curse. There's a lot of memories there, but at some point, it's going to go, okay? Some point point it's going to go, and the technology, like I said, exists to recapture a lot of what you will be missing by tearing down the original Funway Park. Tear it down. Tear the monster down and put it back up. All right, moving on to some bets and wagers to move along here, and we're going to kick it off with baseball. Baseball. Now, just, man, I just feel like football is around the corner. Less than 60 or 60 days until we have kickoff in the NFL. But baseball is the main focus right now. And I got a few wagers for you. And going into Friday to Major League Action. Some good games, good series to start off. I love a Friday because usually you're starting a new, fresh series for the weekend. Or kicking off probably the game, to like the Cardinals and Cubs will be doing tomorrow afternoon. But you have in front of us some key matchups that I want to share with you all, okay? So Baltimore is in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has lost five or six straight. They are falling right now or have a blip on the radar. It's time to take advantage. Even though Zach Effin uh, is on the mound for the Rays, I like value on the Baltimore Orioles at plus 138 tomorrow. So... I think there's an opportunity there to ride the wave and ride Tampa's misfortune. So let's go with Baltimore. Arizona-Cincinnati is an intriguing series that you have two high-scoring teams. Just today, Arizona lost to Atlanta, but they put up some great numbers late in that ball game. Uh, a lot of ball, a lot of home runs, a lot of... Like, you know, they, they, they're the comeback. Uh, you know, you score two runs against them, they come back with three runs. They're very good offensive team. They may not win. Cincinnati uh, had a little power outage after the All-Star break, but looks like the bats are back. So I like this series, even with the high over-under here of 10.5. I will at minus 122. I'll still stick to the over and that one. Arizona, Cincinnati, over 10.5. Even even the pitching matchup's decent. They're not getting rocked, the two starters, but take that one over. Mets and Boston. Two teams. Boston's kind of got a flicker of hope here. But the Mets just continue to sag. And with Boston only be at home only being a minus 116 on the money line. Crawford on the mound. Senga on the mound for the Mets. I'll take the Boston Red Sox. Good value here. Uh, the Mets are horrible on the road. I just don't see. I, I see value on the Red Sox. And then you take a sweet series here. I like it. I think uh, the Dodgers and the Rangers, Dodgers visit the Texas Rangers. I do think that the Rangers are probably overvalued in this series right now. I think they're going to come back down to earth. The Dodgers are obviously one of the pillars, the top tier teams, consistent teams over the last many years. They have the real proven talent. So at the Dodgers at minus 112, I got to say the Dodgers are the play here. Uh, you might even like the over, but I would, I would tend to lean toward minus 112 on the money line for the Dodgers over the Texas Rangers. Gonsolin uh, versus Heaney on the Rangers. Not necessarily a ace-on-ace ace matchup, but the Dodgers and their bats, I think, will be able to outgun the Rangers in this one. Uh, the best team in baseball right now, even though they're wobbling slightly, Texas Ranger, sorry, the Atlanta Braves visit the Milwaukee Brewers. Rough pitching matchup here. Soraka for the uh, Braves. Peralta's decent for the, uh, for the Brewers. The uh, Braves are a slight favorite. But what I'll say is, is that the Atlanta Braves absolutely have the bombers in the lineup that just... You know, today they they could they up one nothing, and just explode it in the late innings to take over Arizona. You know, you got Olsen and Riley and Acuna and like, uh, Acuna, like just so many bats, and you know, three run home run here, three run home run there. It they they, they smacked the ball around. I like this over nine and a half. You you give me Atlanta under ten runs. You know, ten sorry ten runs to get into the over and. You know they're they're got Soroka on the mound. Their uh, bullpen's a tire fire, but when they I don't care who they go up against. You put their bullpen that Milwaukee can light up and Atlanta can light up pretty much any pitcher in baseball. I like that nine and a half is great value. So take that, put that one to the bank. Follow that series along. Follow the Dodger Ranger series along. I think there's real value in those two series for sure as the weekend progresses now the lady from upstairs shared her pick she couldn't join us today but she did pick a a wild parlay going into tomorrow so i'm going to share that with you today so she's taking baltimore tampa bay over eight these are all over unders by the way over under nine she's taking the under with the padres detroit tigers that's probably a good play there too under ten and a half for the arizona cincinnati Reds, that is totally contradicting my play. Over in the Houston-Oakland game, seven and a half. Over eight Blue Jays in Seattle. And uh, she's going to bet $10 to win 278 I say good luck to you, lady from upstairs. Uh, The odds are very low, but hey, you know what? Anything can happen in the world of betting. And speaking of the world of betting, I've started to do two things. I've started to build a spreadsheet, which I said I was going to do a long time ago. To try to record each of my wagers and track my money, and it's always easy to do when you're winning. And now that I've lost those two those two Team Canada bets, that went from the Women's World Cup, it's very frustrating to punch those into a spreadsheet, knowing that you lost and your bankroll dropped. And where I'm trying to get better to add on top of that, starting to read some sports gambling books. So one of the top ones, at least that I kept seeing. Was the logic of sports betting by Ed Miller, Matthew, David O. Two sports gamblers plus poker players. So uh, It's a bestseller. This is a this is a book I've just cracked open. And if you really want to look at some of the concepts that are very different than maybe how you think that a pro better looks at the bigger picture on value and locating games that they want to bet that uh this book is already starting out with terms that are like uh, break-even percentage and some of the stuff that as a better you want to know talks about the sports book and their edge and their hold on on the the money that they hold on to it's just there's a lot of stuff in here a lot of math and it makes you really ponder things a little bit differently again i just cracked open this book i'll let you know how it goes I'm not going to lie. I think I'm going to have to read this book and use it as kind of like a reference point and going back, you know, really break out the calculator and see what the value or if I can comprehend what that pro-better concept looks like and if it influences me as we approach the NFL season, because to me, the NFL season is the start of the betting season and we're getting close, very close. So that's the logic of sports betting, Ed Miller, Matthew Davido. I'll post it on the Twitter, I'll picture on the Instagram, the old Instagram, and I'll let you know if I can actually get through this book in a timely manner and what my thoughts are and give it a nice rating. So that is the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast for episode 45. Sorry for the delay. 25 minute, 30 minute podcast, here a quick one, get you to your weekend. Enjoy the Women's World Cup. I didn't talk about the Open, which uh, Tommy Fleetwood is the number one guy right now as far as betting favorite. Take a look at that. Should be a fun time. Very early betting golf uh, since it's overseas. A lot of stuff going on there. If you miss Wimbledon, uh, there's a lot of action there. I know I've, I've eliminated tennis off my betting board. I bet all favorites. In my experience in Wimbledon, as the tournament progressed, all losses, heartbreaking losses. So I think I've given up on tennis. So you might not hear a lot of tennis talk on the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast. And uh, I'm that just angers me talking about the tennis uh, results because they were not good. So I'm hoping everybody has a great weekend of betting action. The pleasure is all yours that uh, to tune in, to listen today. Pass the word along. Join us on the social media. So we're going to be gonzo here, over and out. Have a nice evening. Bye-bye.